The time is now 3 p.m. Stay with us for a Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. How'd you like that inauguration? I think it was a mere 18 minutes. And gosh, can you imagine having a thinker for president? A thinker in the White House, my God, and a black man who is a thinker? Uh, one of the women who was there at the... Uh, at the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the uh, speech, she was asked why she voted for Barack Obama. And she said that when she looked at him, she said, there is a stillness. I thought about that for a long time, and I tried to think about all those Zen qualities about being centered and grounded and all that. And that's part of it. Uh, and then I realized that what what got to me was that uh, <laughs> uh, we knew he was a progressive, and we hope that he will uh, become what is that? Uh, oh, what do we call that? Uh, <laughs> not the leader of the pack. No, uh, not a saint. None of those things. Just a hands-on, can-do guy. He mentions Seneca Falls and Stonewall. That's, that's women and gays. I dug into my bookcase and I found, uh, I found the Seneca Falls Declaration of Sentiments. Let's see, 1848. Women. They say that they learned, the women here learned from the Algonquin women. Something about uh, how to be uh, equal socially, politically. Uh, I'm going to read you that, but I, 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 I'm scared to death to bore people because it sounds uh, like the Declaration of Independence, don't you know? It's Elizabeth Cady Stanton's Declaration of Sentiments, 1848. Uh, I wish somebody would just, what do you call that, uh, Publish that on, put it on the TV, you know, on C-SPAN. Let's, let's use television, uh, for a reading lesson. Uh, Seneca Falls, women, 150 years ago, not so far away, folks. Think about it, we still haven't got the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. Why didn't somebody pass that, uh, 
I guess we just gave up at some point. Uh, now, Stonewall's only a generation ago. Uh, you remember that's where they had all the riots. The cops, the police had been raiding gay bars and assaulting gay people. And uh, at some point, somebody somewhere said, to hell with it. It's enough already. Can't take this anymore. Enough's enough. Ah, let's see, that's the middle of the 20th century, about the time that the American Psychiatric Association decided that homosexuality was uh, no longer a clinical disease, you remember. (laughs) Back in the day when the diagnosis of hysteria in females, you know, uh, was diagnosed as a disease, yes. Same-sex attraction classified as perverse, I guess. I don't remember exactly how they how they uh, got away with that. I remember becoming aware of this legal nonsense. Back in the 50s, the British arrested the revered actor, the great Shakespearean actor John Gielgud. Gosh, Sir John Gielgud. Uh, was he Sir John then? I don't think so. Anyway, I remember, I just remember Laurence Olivier and Danny Kay hiding from the press thereafter. Uh, what a pair that was. Anyway, I I want to talk about the gravitas we got from our president, from Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> but I I just have all these reservations, you know. Uh, I guess I guess I do admire the fact that he he's taken some psychic space to reflect. Uh, he's taken time to know himself, to say nothing of knowing other people. Uh, uh, Obama's a literary guy, actually. Check his first autobiography, Dreams from My Father. Uh, he put that one on tape. There's an audio tape of him. And I still listen to some of it. He uh, He's definitely what we call a student of life. He's actually a rather good, good actor. Uh, I don't know. Let's see, can a thinker be a monk? Can a, yes... I think he was, there was a moment when he was uh, seeing himself in the scene. You know, he was self-conscious to the point where he looked back out over the mall after he'd given the speech. And uh, as the dignitaries were leaving and he paused long enough to realize that, uh, well, he was heard to say that that's the last time I'm going to see this. That is, tens of thousands of human beings on the mall there just to hear him. Of course, he will be back uh, as a uh, significant elder. Uh, I kept thinking of kept thinking of the Queen of England. Now, she sees that every time she turns around, and I think for her that has lost its romance. She's beginning to look bored. Uh, the monotony of monarchy, yes, uh, Maybe eight years is just about right. Um, Anyway, I don't want to run on about royal families. I used to think they were sensible, you know. Let the royals do all the kabuki posturing and the theatrical stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, 
inspect the troops and so forth and leave the work of government to a prime minister or to a parliament or Congress, you know. Uh, let the family do the soap opera, something for the public to identify with and provide the press with uh, scandals and such nonsense. But, uh, you know, I think of the... the uh, the president, the prime minister, the governing folks as bureaucrats, uh, sensible people. They don't need to be, uh, what do you call that, rock stars. It's difficult to put both qualities in one individual. Uh, I don't know. I keep thinking about what's happened to some of our first families. Where's Amy Carter these days? Where's... Well, Chelsea Clinton makes an appearance sometimes. <laughs> Margaret Truman was part of my childhood. Uh, nobody remembers FDR and Eleanor's kids. Uh, they had, I think, five children. Uh, the Republican children, I think I'll just, I'll just try to erase from my memory. I, I looked at Hillary Clinton. I hope that, uh, she is well again that the blood clot on her brain is no longer uh, well it was a scary moment and I think her health seems to have recovered the uh, president, the ex-president Bill Clinton put his hand on her shoulder from time to time check her out Right, she was wearing her glasses uh, obviously making an effort to uh what is that? Stay on top of her game. That that luncheon crowd, such a trip to see all those, uh, what, partisan enemies clustering. Uh, uh, Beyonce did not talk to Paul Ryan. That was a relief. They were walking out of that space where the visitors sit during the speeches and... Uh, Someone on television said, oh, my God, what if she turns around and talks to Paul Ryan? Anyway, I, I watched Beyonce taking her headphone out of her ear. Those mics, um, I guess they give a feedback. Maybe maybe it was too loud. Maybe she was hearing herself. Uh, I had the impression she was too soft, uh, that her voice couldn't be heard in that huge mall. Maybe she knew that, and that's why she... Uh, Pull the plug. Anyway, outdoor entertainment is always uh, hard to plan for. <laughs> it's impossible to plan for. Uh, Beyonce was gorgeous. I guess that's adequate. I couldn't help thinking that uh, back in the day uh, when, uh, well, when Eleanor Roosevelt had to uh, had to write a letter to the. Uh, uh, the DAR, the Daughters of the American Revolution, uh, they had uh, told Marian Anderson, the great singer, opera singer, actually. Marian Anderson uh, was told she couldn't be part of a, uh, an event because, of course, she was a woman of color. And Eleanor Roosevelt dropped her membership in the DAR, and Marian Anderson sang her voice topped any sound I've ever heard. Uh, of course, she sang at the Lincoln Memorial. That was in the 1940s. Uh, I guess, well, I guess 
talent is part of the scene. Uh, I guess the national stage is mostly about symbolism and uh, the emblematic people, the people who, uh, what is it, uh, who should be there. The poet, for example, uh, we had an Hispanic poet, Richard Blanco. I liked his poem. It was all about togetherness. That seems to be the theme these days. The president keeps uh, telling us that uh, <laughs> we have to pull together a right shared fate is what it's all about. He's been a nice guy for four years, and he's uh, definitely, definitely figured out the best way to fight the Republican Party. He's going to make them be cooperative or else. Uh, Richard Blanco is uh, also gay, right? And most of all, he's an artist, a poet. Now, that's the tradition that I enjoy. Uh, let's see, it was Kennedy who started up that uh, poet business. He used Robert Frost back in the... Back in the day when he was inaugurated, uh, Frost, of course, was a significant elder. He was emblematic of uh, the once was, yes, uh, he was a national treasure. Richard Blanco is uh, all about the new, kind of ironic, because, of course, Hispanics or uh, Latino people are certainly among the oldest peoples who have lived on these lands of ours, but their inclusion in today's culture uh, is more and more exciting because uh, it does mean change. It gives us cultural energy. Uh, the music scene at the White House in a recent concert uh, was quite a surprise to me. Uh, the jazz concerts haven't been anything that uh, we weren't aware of, but... Uh, the first family was all dancing for the Hispanic musicians. The uh, poet, Richard Blanco, uh, his style was more that, well, he, he, what is it, solemn joy was the phrase some people used. Uh, that was the mood of the day. Uh, I think it was, what is it, it was all very cozy. There was not a drone in sight. Oh dear, I didn't want to go there. Yes, the usual suspects all present. <laughs> the Carters, the Clintons. Rosalind Carter looked lost until she uh, talked to Ruth Bader Ginsburg there at the luncheon. Uh, I thought that was very sweet, these older women. Uh, I think that... Um, I think that Nancy Pelosi has become the mother of them all. She was wearing this bright, bright uh, red, very uh, sexy, very buxom, uh, quite the lady. The president looks 20 years older. Well, 20 years older than he did four years ago. I looked at the... Uh, autobiography that he wrote decades ago one more time and I I marked out some passages and I imagine he's going to write another book one of these days uh, I think that's 
the one I want to read. The first book shows his great literary talent. I put it um, on my shelf uh, when he first when he first came to office during the first inauguration. I I read uh, I read the autobiography carefully. I think I read some of it on the air. I wanted to connect the dots, you know, the historical threads. Uh, Richard Wright's book, Black Boy, James Baldwin's book about his boyhood in Harlem, Go Tell It on the Mountain. That's, I think, my favorite. Uh, I think probably because Baldwin, uh, he's in my age group. Uh, I think he died in the 80s. I remember his mother needed help in order to hang on to her home. Had to raise some cash for that. Imagine a national treasure like James Baldwin, you know, died broke and there was not uh, anyone to uh, pay the bills. Anyway, uh, I just don't have time to talk about Bill Clinton being elected the father of the year. What magazine was that in? Uh, and... Uh, and Michelle's drop dead red ball gown and the Brooklyn choir and how we now have uh, this Creole choir. I just uh, was so startled. Uh, talk about a rainbow coalition. All the colors of our nation, alabaster to ebony. You know, all the shades. Uh, I don't know. Uh, race and color are still confusing to a lot of people, but I think... Uh, I think the color line is uh, still confusing. It's still all about class consciousness. And for that, we have to go to Toni Morrison. Uh, I figure the kids will tell us what we need to know about style. Uh, the multicultural millions all around the globe, they've made the great leap. The television and the Internet uh, has given us this global aesthetic. Oh, of course, it's still so important to be uh, beautiful, but even gender has no hold on human value anymore. Uh, uh, I wish I could uh, understand why age is still a problem for so many people. Uh, uh, the day is coming when the world will see universal beauty in elders. Uh, We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait on that one. One revolution at a time. My favorite elder, I think, at the inauguration has to be John Lewis, the presiding elder. Now, he's the last man to survive from the, the, uh, the day, the, uh, the people giving speeches when Martin Luther King spoke in Washington. When, uh, the Christian coalition marched back in back in the 60s see David Remnick's book called The Bridge that's the one about uh, how Barack Obama uh, came to the White House how he emerged from the Moses generation Martin Luther King's uh, age group uh, he, Obama, made special note of John Lewis back at the first inauguration. And luckily, Lewis was here again on uh, Monday 
in 2013. He looked just delighted. Uh, he has made Congress his home all these years. Uh, oh, shoot. I really did want to talk about the, uh, the use of false eyelashes <laughs> at the, at the inauguration. The daughters were so pretty in pastel and their grandmother, Marion Robinson, she seems to keep them in line. Uh, I do so admire her. She's always there. Uh, the president's brother-in-law, uh, seated, uh, just behind him. I kept thinking it might be seen as the bodyguard. Uh, a nice guy. He too has written a book. Formality seems to be making a comeback. Uh, and let's see. I do have only a few minutes left, so I do want to read to you just a couple lines, at least a paragraph, from Elizabeth Cady Stanton's Declaration of Sentiments. This is the Woman's Declaration of Independence, written back in 1848, when the women who were involved in the abolitionist movement uh, sat back and said to themselves, uh, if we are going to free the slaves, uh, why not free the women while we're at it? Uh, most of you know that women were legally children in the 19th century. Uh, there were, oh golly, some meetings in London in 1840. There's a whole list of, uh, the, what I would call the, uh, the openers. All kinds of people uh, had this idea that we should have a women's movement or a women's party. Uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Cady Stanton devoted her life to this cause. I like her, uh, especially she and Susan B. Anthony would be the, uh, champions of women's rights in the 19th century. Uh, what I liked about Elizabeth Cady Stanton was that she rewrote the Bible. She had it in for the religiosity. She really didn't care for what religion, Christian religion, had done to women. Susan B. Anthony said, hold off on that. Let's get the vote first, and then we'll uh, talk about uh, what the church has done to women. Let's see. Here is Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Born 1815, died 1902, the year both my parents were born. Declaration of Sentiments. Elizabeth Stanton writes, When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one portion of the family of man to assume among the people of the earth a position different from that which they have hitherto occupied, but one to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes that impel them to such a course. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, 
that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of those ends, it is the right of those who suffer from it to refuse allegiance to it and to insist upon the institution of a new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to effect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. Accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they were accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient suffrage of the women under this government, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to demand the equal station to which they are entitled. The history of mankind is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations on the part of man toward woman, having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over her. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has never permitted her to exercise her inalienable right to the elective franchise. He has compelled her to submit to laws in the formation of which she had no voice. He has withheld from her rights which are given to the most ignorant and degraded men, both natives and foreigners. Having deprived her of this first right of a citizen, the elective franchise, thereby leaving her without representation in the halls of legislation, he has oppressed her on all sides. He has made her, if married, in the eye of the law, civilly dead. He has taken from her all right in property, even to the wages she earns. He has made her, morally, an irresponsible being, as she can commit many crimes with impunity, provided they be done in the presence of her husband. In the covenant of marriage, she is compelled to promise obedience to her husband, he becoming to all intents and purposes her master, the law giving him power to deprive her of her liberty and to administer chastisement. He has so framed the laws of divorce as to what shall be the proper causes, and in case of separation, to whom the guardianship of the children shall be given, as to be wholly regardless of the happiness of women, the law in all cases going upon a false supposition of the supremacy of man, 
and giving all power into his hands. After depriving her of all rights as a married woman, if single and the owner of property, he has taxed her to support a government which recognizes her only when her property can be made profitable to it. Wow, this is hot stuff, people. This is Elizabeth Cady Stanton's uh, statement of sentiments. Let's see. Uh, declaration of sentiments. Delivered at Seneca Falls. Obviously, the president has read this. He mentioned it along with Stonewall and said that we must uh, give attention to these matters. Uh, maybe next time I can give you all the resolutions that Elizabeth Cady Stanton has here to tell what should be done to rectify these crimes. This has been Jennifer Stone. Be back next Tuesday at this same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Food and life itself are being hijacked by corporations, says Dr. Vandana Shiva. She then adds, Foodopoly is a story we must hear in order to create food democracy and food freedom. In total agreement with her are Raj Patel, Bill McKibben, Maud Barlow, and many others. Foodopoly, The Battle Over the Future of Food and Farming in America, is the indispensable new book by Winona Howder, Executive Director of Food and Water Watch. She'll be at Berkeley City College, 2050 Center Street, on Wednesday evening, January 23rd at 7.30. This KPFA benefit is wheelchair accessible. The exceptionally knowledgeable Claire Cummings will be hosting. Advanced tickets are $12 through brownpapertickets.com or at supportive bookstores. Find more info on the KPFA website for Winona Howder, Food and Water Hero, January 23rd. <laughs>